made in the UK for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Here's what's coming up in our last show before Christmas. They're sending these big, long, um, impersonal messages that, you know, they're really just taking what they would have said in a cold call and they're putting it in a LinkedIn message and expecting a result. I'm also going to tell you how you can utterly dominate online advertising for a very select number of your hottest prospects. And we've got a great question we're going to answer about how do you find time to implement marketing stuff in your MSP every single day. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. So this is the last podcast I'm going to do before Christmas. In fact, we're going to have a two-week break. No podcast next week or the week after. The next one, episode eight, will be out on the 7th of January. And what I like at this time of year is we're just a week or so away from Christmas. What I love is the the opportunity to disconnect from the business a little bit, really get back into family time and really enjoy some quality time, not just with, with the people I love, but also in my own head. And to me, that's the power of holidays. I talked about this back in episode two and about how important it is for us to have quality holiday time. At this time of year, it's a good reminder that actually it's it's good for us to mentally disconnect from the day-to-day stuff in our business. Because you and me, we're business owners, We started something amazing. It's our baby. We want to throw everything into it, make as much of it as we can. And we tend to obsess over it. It tends to be such a big part of our lives at all times. And that's a great thing until it becomes too much, until we lose the balance. And I think Christmas is a great time for everyone who has a break for whatever reason to just get away and stop thinking about the business for a few days. Because it's when you stop thinking about the business that the real magic starts to happen. And you and I will have seen this before. For example, you take a week off, you go away on holiday, and the first couple of days, you're not really yourself. You're kind of coming down from being that person you are, you know, when you're at work. On day three or day four, you reconnect with a different kind of you, a different version of you. And that's when you start dreaming and you start thinking and you start having these big ideas and these visions. And they're always there in the background, but you need that holiday time to reconnect with them. My wife always used to say that the person I became on day three or day four of the holiday was the person she fell in love with. And the person I was actually most of the time when I was busy with work was a different version of that person. So it's good for our families. It's good for us. But you know what? It's great for our businesses to just have some time off as well and to just disconnect and to focus on other things. Every single time I have a holiday, no matter what we do, where we go, whether it's an activity one or a a sitting by a sunbed one, I come back and I'm more motivated, I'm more driven, I've got a greater vision, I've got more good ideas, and the business is better for it. Do you know what? I see a kind of a a short-term effect of this when I stop working Fridays. It's a habit I've got out of, and I need to get back into that. But for a long time, I didn't work Fridays at all. So I would have three-day weekends, and it was great because I had loads of quality time for my daughter, but also loads of quality time for me. I'd go to the cinema. I'd go and buy clothes. I'd go and have a sit and have a coffee. And inevitably, as Monday morning rolled around, a great idea would be there. Or I'd have more drive or more motivation. In fact, I'm convinced I did more in those four days a week uh, than I used to do right now working five days a week. In fact, I've just now come up with my thing. There we go. There's my thing for early next year. I'm going to stop working Fridays again. I'm going to go back to just working four days a week. And it's going to be a very powerful thing for my business. What are you going to do? 
How are you going to make sure you have a break over Christmas? What are you going to do differently in the next year? I would love to know. Why don't you drop me an email and let me know? Hello at paulgreensmspmarketing.com. Here's this week's clever idea. So every now and again, someone asks me, should I be using Facebook for marketing to business owners and to business managers? And while Facebook is not really primarily a B2B marketing platform, it still has an incredible amount of power for you to reach the prospects that you really want to speak to. And there's a number of different reasons for that. Primarily, it's because the people you want to reach are likely to be on Facebook. So yeah, sure, LinkedIn is a better platform, but most people have a Facebook account and at the very least have it on their phone. For that reason, you can reach business decision makers in their downtime. Your chances of reaching them on Facebook on a Tuesday morning are pretty low, but on a Sunday afternoon, when they're at a family barbecue or something and they're a bit bored and they pull out their Facebook and they just sort of have a flick through, that's a great time to put an advert in front of them. The biggest opportunity for you right now is to use uh, something called a custom audience in Facebook to do something called remarketing. Let me explain what those things are. So a custom audience is where you upload data to Facebook. Now that data can be just a list of email addresses. Uh, it can be a list of mobile or cell numbers. And what you do is you upload that data to Facebook and you're saying to Facebook, if any of the people here, so if anyone who has these email addresses or these phone numbers are Facebook users, please show them my advert. So you could take just a couple of hundred people, upload them to Facebook as a custom audience. It might match 180 of those. So the other 20, it just ignores the uh, 180 that it's matched. It's now going to show your advert just to those 180 people. Can you see the power of that? So it allows you to tell Facebook specifically, please market to these people. Now you may have uh, experienced this if you have been, uh, if you're on my email list uh, or you've been to my website in the, the last couple of months, then I have been doing over the last couple of weeks, quite a lot of remarketing, quite a lot of advertising to people who have visited my website and to people who get my emails and who I've got their contact details. And I've uploaded that uh, up to that custom audience up to Facebook. And I've been doing adverts for the podcast on there. And if you haven't seen any for a while, don't worry. Because uh, obviously, you know, different experiments, different adverts at different times. So if you think about someone who has been onto your website, perhaps had a look at one of your service pages or your About Us page, you have an opportunity to set up an ad campaign using a custom audience to market to those people. And what makes remarketing so, so powerful is you know you're marketing to someone who's already checked you out. So these aren't cold prospects. These aren't people who've never heard of you. These are people who've either been on your website or maybe even have inquired to you in the past and you are now putting your message in front of them via Facebook. And actually using the Facebook ad platform, you can also do it via Instagram, which might be appropriate for them if they're in a, like a retail or a hospitality business, so they're using Instagram. You can also do it on the Facebook content platform. So they might go on a news site and there may be adverts on there powered by Facebook, but they're appearing on a news website. So it all comes from the same Facebook platform. So how would you use that in real life? What's a practical example? Well, let me let me talk you through one. Let's say, for example, you're doing a cyber 
security event. I do love events. I'm going to talk about events in a future podcast. So let's say you're putting on an event and it's a, let's say it's a lunch and you're trying to get people to book and come along so that you can scare the hell out of them about the things, the things they didn't know uh, about cybersecurity. And let's say you've got a page on your website and you've also emailed it out to 500 people in your prospect list. So you email it out to 500 people in your prospect list. It's there on your website. You've got some adverts driving traffic towards it. You could now go into Facebook and you could upload, first of all, those 500 people that you have emailed out. That's your first custom audience. You can then set up a second custom audience, and that second custom audience would be anyone that's visited that specific page on your website in the last, and I think you can do up to about, it's either 90 or 180 days, I can't remember. But essentially, the only people who are going to see that advert in Facebook and on Facebook's partner sites are people who, at some level, are aware of your cybersecurity lunch. And then you just got to pick the right message. And the message might be, hey, we're down to four places left for this. Book now. You might do a video. You might do something else. But the beauty of that is that's going to cost you a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars a day. It's not going to cost you a huge amount of money because you're marketing to a very, very small number of people. And this is what makes remarketing so powerful. You can pay very, very small amounts of money to get a specific message in front of a group of very specific people who you know have already seen the message. In fact, you should be doing remarketing campaigns all the time. Really, you should have a remarketing campaign that refreshes every single week aimed at people who visited your website in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Can you see the power of doing something like that? Now, Facebook is its an easier advertising platform than Google, and it's one of those things that once you've done a couple of campaigns, it's fairly easy to do it. Go and start a Facebook ad account if you don't already have one. Lodge your credit card number and just have a go. Launch an advert tonight. It doesn't have to be a remarketing campaign. It could just be any advert tonight just to have a go. Because Facebook is one of those that a little tweak here, little tweak there, and you can make quite a lot of difference to the traffic you get to your, to your website from the advert and, of course, the response that you get. But it all starts with just having a go, which you could do tonight while you were just watching something on TV. Paul's blatant plug. Talking of Facebook, that's this week's blatant plug because I've got this amazing resource which is completely free for you and it's available to you on Facebook. It's called the MSP Marketing Facebook Group. And of course, I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's a group of, well, we're more than 500 members now, all MSPs, business owners and managers from around the world. And it's a forum where I sit every single day. I'm there pretty much six, sometimes seven days a week, answering questions, suggesting things, passing on useful stuff, all to do with marketing your MSP, growing your net profits, and of course, getting more monthly recurring revenue. So come on, if you're not already a member, do come and join me in that forum. It's the MSP Marketing Facebook group. You just go in there, you have to apply to join. I'll just quickly check that you are indeed an MSP and I will add you into that group. Completely free, but a very useful resource for you. The big interview. So my name's Fiona Chalice and I'm a channel enablement expert, which is basically a very nice way of saying I help MSPs and resellers to sell more stuff. And don't they need the help? Because yeah. one, <laughs> one of the most common complaints I hear from, from MSPs, from IT support companies is they would love to sell more, uh, but sales is difficult. Is that, a, is that a common thing that you come across? Yeah, it's the number one, to be honest. I mean, if you look at even all of the research from the MSP marketplace, it's sales and marketing is still their number one challenge that they have. And why do you think that is, Fiona? 
you know, it's a mixture of things. It's because a lot of the current MSPs, they started the business off because they were a technical person and then they set up a business and by their nature, they're more techy than they are salesy. And the, the very word sales can actually scare them. So they're trying to learn how to sell more, but their passion is technical. So that's a lot of the problem. Um, but they also have this fear of not needing to sell. You know, for years, they've been able to rely on getting business from recommendation or they focus on a small geographical area and that's kind of how they got the majority of their business but that was before the whole MSP marketplace got swamped and before you had every reseller and VAR in the country trying to become an MSP so you know now they need to sell if they want to stay above board they, they have to learn how to sell and they have to win and retain new business. Okay so here's an interesting question let's say tomorrow for some bizarre reason you bought an MSP and you walked in and they've got a great technical director and you know great help desk and all of the all of delivery sorted out you're a selling expert so what would you do to instantly double the sales within that business? Oh great question <laughs> so the first thing I would do is nail a niche so I would pick a vertical to specialize in and kind of become that go-to expert um, in that niche, so say for example, it could be SMB, which a lot of the MSPs focus on. Or today, the, the more you the more you narrow in on that niche, the more successful you'll be. So it could be, for example, accountants, or it could be healthcare practices. Um, but I would certainly pick a niche or a vertical that's more prone to cybersecurity attacks. And then I would niche in on security. So instead of just being a total managed service provider, I would niche in on managed service security provider where you become a security specialist for that niche. Because for me, that, that's where the puck is going as such. That's where the market's going. That's where the margin's going. And if you can really set yourself up as a go-to security expert in a given niche, for me, that's the quickest way to double your business. And in terms of structure, would you, have, um, would you hire a marketing agency to generate leads or would you do it in-house? Would you have salespeople? Would you have telesalespeople? How would you set that up? So no, I, I would actually have, I would have a marketing team, definitely, if you had the resources and the finances to do that. But if you didn't, I wouldn't let that stop you from marketing because today your salespeople are actually the best marketeers that you can get, but it is a new skill that they need to learn. So you need to show them how to write good content, how to write good copy, you know, how to utilize social selling and how to use things like LinkedIn for B2B prospecting, but how to use it the right way. Um, I think the challenge that we see in, in our marketplace today is cold calling used to be effective, but it's not as effective today to get through to prospects using things like LinkedIn are much, much more effective. But a lot of existing MSPs or existing channel salespeople, what they've done is that they've just kind of swapped over the cold calling into LinkedIn and they're sending these big, long, um, impersonal messages that, you know, they're really just taking what they would have said in a cold call and they're putting it in a LinkedIn message and expecting a result. And that's not how you prospect today. So how would you prospect with LinkedIn? Well, you have to build an online audience first. You have to get them, you know, the, the same as you've, you've done with yours, know you, like you, trust you. And, you know, you don't pounce on them on the very first time they engage with you. Um, instead, you have to kind of build up that authority and set yourself up as a leading expert in your niche or in your vertical. Um, and then when you know the time is right, then invite them to come offline, whether it be to download a guide or whether it be to join you on a cybersecurity webinar or come to an event. But the key thing for me is today you have 
have to get those kind of prospects to come into what I call the learning zone. So it's where you educate them. It's where you lead with business insights and really show them how you can have a proper business conversation with them um, around achieving key business outcomes rather than you uh, giving them a sales pitch because they don't want a sales pitch from you today. I love the learning zone. I absolutely love it. I'm going to steal that. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's, that's mine. That's, <laughs> that's, <the> learning- <laughs> that's what I've got out of today. The learning, Paul Green's learning zone. You heard it here first. But no, all seriousness, you're right. People don't want to be sold. People hate being sold to, but they love to buy, don't they? And especially yeah. if you, you become the one that educates them about the problems they didn't even know that they had. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, what happens today is the buyer's journey is is more complex and longer than it's ever actually been before. But although the, the buyers today, they're more educated, they're also more confused than ever before. So what happens is a lot of them, when they go online, they're actually in the panic zone. And the mistake that salespeople make is they try to sell to prospects when they're in the panic zone. And that's completely the wrong way to do it because the only thing that happens in a panic zone is inaction, which means they're not going to buy. So the trick is to educate them, lead with insights, get them into the learning zone and then sell to them because they're in a buying frame of mind. But unless you get them in there, they're not in the frame of mind to buy. I love it. Thank you, Fiona. Um, Final question. Tell us about your 90-day sales challenge. The 90-Day Sales Challenge is basically a program that we've created as part of the Next Gen Sales Academy. Um, and the academy is purely a sales training academy, but it's designed purely for the IT and the MSP industry. So it's not general sales training. It's purely training to help you to evolve your sales approach, your process, and your mindset and get you ready for modern-day selling. So it's really teaching you about you know what works in the channel today, what doesn't work. We learn from lessons. We learn from mistakes that everybody else has made but we give you really good toolkits and ways to sell that will get you better results Um, the 90 day is basically a quarter so it's a quarter for most of us Um, and the reason that I do that Paul is you know you can't just go on a sales training course for one day today and then learn how to completely reinvent your entire sales process it's something that you have to implement over time Um, we have nine key modules that we have in the 90 day program so what most partners do is they do a module per week with their team and then we give you three key areas that are really good revenue generators in the channel today. So we focus on cloud, we focus on cybersecurity, and we focus on moving from breakfast and selling time for money into selling profitable managed service contracts. So kind of over that 12-week period, we retrain you and we get you really good at selling in three key areas in the channel today. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Ask Paul anything. Uh, this is Mike uh, from Microtech Solutions Limited. Uh, I think the marketing uh, materials we have here are absolutely fantastic, but I'm struggling to make time to implement them. Uh, what process would you suggest I should use to implement the materials that are offered? And that's such an important question to answer, Mike, because the MSPs that typically win are not those that have got the best ideas. It's those that actually get things done. The secret is always in implementation. And I believe that to make implementation happen consistently in your business, it has to be something which is a daily thing and not a weekly thing or not a monthly thing. Let me put that another way. If you try to grow your business by putting aside a day a week, and lots of people do this, then what you'll typically find is you're much more likely to be distracted on that day and to have other things come and steal that time from you. There'll be problems that need to be fixed. There'll be emergencies. There'll be this, there'll be that. 
and you don't get much stuff done. I believe it's much better if you can implement stuff on a daily basis. So try to find 60 to 90 minutes every single day to get things done. And when I say get things done, I mean things that either get you more new clients or get your existing clients to buy from you more often or get your existing clients to spend more every single time they buy. And there's a whole range of activities that fit within that, a huge range of activities. But if you can find that 60, 90 minutes every single day, every single weekday, that's where the magic happens. I built up a business from, from nothing, literally from my bedroom over a 10, 11 year period. And we, we sold that business in 2016. And I'm not particularly smart. I don't have a university degree, but what I do have is a, is a, is a good work ethic for constant implementation. And I built that business in 90 minute daily chunks. And there were days I didn't want to get up at five and I didn't want to work on that business, but I did it anyway. And I worked through that pain and it meant that we always had plenty of time to implement new marketing initiatives, just try out ideas to respond to things that clients and prospects did and didn't like. And and just through a series of of a thousand, two thousand, maybe five thousand small changes, we eventually got to the point where that business was was a cash cow. It was it was systematically chucking out business all the time. So I think really that's the that's the secret is to find that time every day to implement. You've got to remember as well though, DOA, which is my favorite acronym because it means dead on arrival if you try and do everything yourself. You can't. Instead, you've got to delegate, outsource, and automate. So when I say do stuff in 60, 90 minute chunks, now when I'm doing my daily 60, well, I do 90 minutes, um, I tend to spend more time checking the work that I have outsourced to other people than I do actually doing the work myself. So in 90 minutes, I can actually oversee an enormous amount of stuff for the business without actually having to do most of it myself, which is a pretty smart way of working. But even with that kind of working, it's got to be something you've got to do daily. Daily actions are the only way to guarantee that you'll get the implementation done in the business. How to contribute to the show. So around about Boxing Day, I'm going to be a bit bored and I'd love to read your emails, please. Why don't you drop me some feedback on this podcast, good or bad? Just be polite. I'd appreciate that. My email address is hello at paulgreensmspmarketing.com. Coming up next week. Owned an MSP, I sold an MSP, and now I teach and coach MSPs how to avoid the bajillion mistakes that I made when I had my MSP. That's my friend and the founder of the Tech Tribe, Nigel Moore. And he's going to be my special guest when the podcast returns after its two-week Christmas break. And I'm going to be asking him, what would he do differently if he owned another MSP today? We're also going to be talking on the 7th of January about the three growth levers, the three things you really should focus on if you want to grow your net profits in 2020. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.